do you say I love you? With flowers, chocolate, can jewelry really express true love? Because in the end, they all fall short. The only thing that can completely communicate the depths of your affection this Valentine's Day is meat. And not just any meat, though. Over 85% of grass-fed beef sold is imported from overseas. Ew. And that's why it has to be Good Ranchers, 100% American hand-trimmed steakhouse quality meat delivered directly to your door. Right now, get $30 off any box from Good Ranchers with code DANA. Now, this gift is sure to add some sizzle. Whether on the grill or in a pan, nothing simmers like prime cuts of beef, pasture-raised chicken, and premium quality seafood. Visit GoodRanchers.com and ditch the usual boring gifts that just don't cut it. Say I love you with American meat instead. Snag your $30 off with code DANA at GoodRanchers.com today. Love is in the air and it smells just like, you guessed it, Good Ranchers. Save $30 on your unique gift this Valentine's Day by visiting GoodRanchers.com. Good Ranchers, American meat delivered. The Watchdog on Wall Street podcast with Chris Markowski. Every day, Chris helps unpack the connection between politics and the economy and how it affects your wallet. What's the biggest factor hovering over the American economy? It's foreign policy. Between Chinese surveillance and Russian aggression, these geopolitical concerns are huge risks to our financial markets. How should you react? The Watchdog on Wall Street explains. Whether it's happening in D.C. or down on Wall Street, it's affecting you financially. Be informed. Check out the Watchdog on Wall Street podcast with Chris Markowski on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, obviously, uh, Erica, it's, uh, <laughs> this is uh, com- becoming balloon gate, I guess we could call it. Uh, <laughs> what, what we need is, uh, you know, to recover uh, these objects, as the, the Pentagons call them, and, and figure out uh, first where they're from and, if possible, what their uh, source is. I don't know how many it is this time. What, four or 5,000 at this point? How many things have we shot down? Welcome to the radio program. Dana Lash here with you to get you started with. Apparently, we're going to have a, um, uh, I guess, an update I'm following along here that's going to, I think, take place when while we're on air. And obviously, I think we'll probably bring you some of that. But that's kind of the latest situation here. That's what, that's what, when everyone was preparing for Super Bowl, that's what was happening. A fighter jet shot down. Another object could be, it's either the Chinese or it's aliens. I don't know. You get your choice. Over Lake Huron on Sunday, it was an F-16, and it was apparently at the direction, according to the Pentagon, of the president. And the press secretary for the Pentagon said the object was not assessed to be a military threat, but it was a flight hazard. I really need them to be a little consistent on stuff here because remember, we went, it went from, uh, this was, it went from last week it wasn't a threat to now we're just like, we spot and shoot is kind of, I guess, the best way to put it. We spot and shoot. And so that's, that's the latest. That is, so it's four now. It is four. And there's not, as I said, the, I don't know. This whole thing is just getting very, it's just convoluted. And I really wish that we had uh, some kind of a little bit more of a response from the White House. The last time the president spoke about it, he said one thing about it last week. And he was speaking at the governor's, the governor's event, governor's dinner on Saturday, where he didn't say anything about it. Nothing else, really. That was, that's been it. So this whole weekend, the American people have been kind of left about left with sort of just 
making all kinds of guesses, which, you know, may work in their favor. And we'll talk more about that. So it seems like it's kind of a regular event now. Chuck Schumer said uh, when he was on the Sunday morning talk show circuit, he had said yesterday that he felt as well. What he said was that the Chinese were humiliated. So it sounds like he thinks that it, it is the Chinese. Listen to this. This is audio soundbite one. I, like I think the Chinese humiliated. I think the Chinese were caught lying. And I think it's a real it's it's a real step back for them. Yes, I think they're going to have to. I think they're probably going to have to get rid of it or do something because they look really bad. And they're not just doing the United States. This is a crew of balloons. We saw one in South America. They've probably been all over the world. Hmm. Probably been all over the world. Probably. I mean, is it that or not? Because it sounds it seems like they were really again, they were really um, kind of cagey about it. In, in even describing what it was. Was it a balloon? Was it the one over the weekend, the one that they were saying was up near Yukon, was that it was uh, cylindrical in shape and that it shattered? I mean, it could, maybe it was from the cold. Maybe it was a Tic Tac. You know, the whole Tic Tac thing where it's like something that's the aircraft that apparently uh, the unidentified aircraft, for the lack of a better way to put it, that the Navy has seen. So here's your choices. This is the way I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I should be bothered by it or not. It's either the aliens or it's the Chinese. Now, there was an article that I, and I'm going to send this to you in your email prep for you to peruse at your own leisure. But it was a very, it's an interesting piece about, comes from a military, uh, a, a guy who started in the military. It's like a military defense analysis site. And it gets into this gigantic hangar near a secretive Chinese test facilities. It points to exotic airship development. Now, this first ran in July of 21. It says the hangar is one of the largest on Earth. It sits among remote missile defense and anti-satellite development installations. It's, they said they expand the far western regions while suited to hosting these facilities. So it's near the Xinjiang uh, province, the autonomous region. That's where they have all the Uyghurs imprisoned. It's about... 60 miles east of the of Xinjiang's second lar- largest city. And it's near the Milan Air Base, a very secretive communist military air force test base. And they have all kinds of unmanned platforms. So they, they develop all their drones, etc. there. The hangar that they have, observable from satellite, is ginormous. Absolutely ginormous. This thing, it's exactly the kind of hangar you would construct if you are trying to hide, you know, trying to hide something, you know, what you're doing, obviously. It's just, it's a, it's a huge airspace or huge hangar. And so this is, I just think it's kind of, it, it's just interesting that there's this huge facility. And apparently they're known for drones and other, as I was saying, unmanned, unmanned flights. But they said that this it's, it's escaped public attention for the most part. You could fit a Nimitz-class supercarrier inside with 100 feet to spare on either side. And it's situated near other sites associated with missile defense and anti-satellite activities. So, I mean, it clearly has to do, they note, with the development of lighter-than-air craft. And that could include large unmanned airship designs capable of operating in the upper reaches of the atmosphere. It's a website called The War Zone. They have satellite imagery of it and... This was back again in July of 21. And so that's not, I mean, it's, it's incredibly tall. Um, I mean, it's enormous. This is an absolutely enormous facility.
And it's all PLA, People's Liberation Army, or the CCP, the Chinese Communist Entities Military. Now, they said that the place itself, I mean, it's, th- this could be, you know, conceivable for the creation of, you know, a series of large unmanned crafts. So I'm just saying, I'm just putting that out there on the burner. There's just a lot of, I mean, see, when you when you have an absence of, of information from the White House and all of this conflicting messaging, then it does seem, I mean, people are going to theorize. I mean, again, we went from no real threat to shoot as we spot. That's a significant change because it's it, it just, I it makes a question of Biden's leadership. And I want, if he's, if these things are threats to, American security, then I, I want to say, okay, that's great if he gave the order to eliminate a threat to American security. But then he, they went from saying that it wasn't a real threat to now we're just going to you know kick off every single thing we see, which is, fu- I mean, it's, I really don't have a problem with that, but I'm just wondering what's happening here. This is just, it's just weird. The first, his first response, the administration's first response to the first balloon was weird. And then now we have this over, we had the uh, jet that shot down an unidentified object over the waters of Alaska. Kirby said that the object posed a reasonable threat to the safety of civilian flight. It was at 40,000 feet. And then it just kept, and then Sunday in Canada. And 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 that was also shot down. No rad was involved. Michigan apparently got in on it Sunday afternoon as well. So this is, it's just... There's a lot of questions. Maybe, I don't know, the spokesperson, Corinne Jean-Pierre, is she going to be really the best person to put forward to answer these questions? I mean, they, I really hope, actually, it's not KJP today. You need, somebody, you need somebody with DOD or Pentagon at this point to answer questions because she's, she hasn't been doing so well. I don't know if you've seen some of what she's been saying. Like, for instance, Audio Sun by 3. Someone, this is the last time. This was over the weekend, Audio Sun by 3. Listen to this. This is bad. Why is why is the American military shooting something out of the sky over Canada? Because it's part of a NORAD. There is a, the NORAD is part of like a part of a it's a it's a what you call a coalition, a consortium, a, 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 so, a pact okay. exactly. And so that's why we were able to do that again. We didn't do it on our own. We did right. it in in uh, in uh, clearly in 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 step with uh, right. Canada. Canada with Canada, she says. So. With Canada. I mean, it's it literally stands for North American Aerospace Defense Command. And it helps with airspace, United States and Canada, the border there. So that's no rad. That's not. I mean, your tax dollars go for this. You, you need to know what these things are. She needs to know what, what this stuff is. So this is it's just that's embarrassing. She needs to not be out there answering these questions. She's not the person to have out here fielding these questions. They need someone with authority and who can pronounce Canada. So, all right. So moving on, because we're going to come back to this because we've got, I got all kinds of cuts for you from lawmakers who are asking questions. And then let's theorize. I mean, it's either the Chinese or it's aliens or worst case scenario, it is aliens that say they're friends with the Communist Party of China and that they like the way they do things. Because I feel like, I mean, yesterday I really had a feeling that we were like in signs or something. Really, Saturdays when it really felt that way. Uh, it felt like signs. So we're going to talk about that. Those are our options. Uh, the Super Bowl, the Eagles did not. Dang. Now, I have to say, 
I really didn't have a dog in this fight because I don't care about football at all. I really do not care about football. I just don't care. I grew up in a baseball town. We had the St. Louis Rams for a period, and then when I was in high school, and then the, that was a horrible experience, as you can, you know, now we don't have any, we don't have a football team at all, so we have to adopt the Chiefs. But then I moved to Cowboys country, and I'm not going to even hear any jokes about Cowboys and Super Bowl. So the Eagles did not clinch it. They did not win. And I was only leaning towards the Eagles because Steve is here today. And Steve, he had a day off, and then he had to untake a day off. And then he's, he's in it today. Steve, I'm sorry about your Eagles, by the way. Real sorry about that. That's right. The better team won. It was a good game, though. It was a good game. I, I mean, I know that there are a lot of people who were mad about the call at the end. That's all I know. A lot of people were very angry. I really enjoyed Chris Stapleton singing the anthem, though. I did enjoy that. The halftime performance was kind of, uh, But, yeah, that was because I think everybody went in it. I, I assumed the Eagles were going to win. I really did. Although Mahomes is pretty awesome. I did assume that the Eagles were going to win. Because they all, don't they usually win? Didn't they, they won a Super Bowl just, what, a couple bowls ago? Yeah, I think three years so, ago. Uh, 2019, I think they won it. Were you, are you really depressed today? No, I'm just tired. The better team won. I mean, the, the holding call, I don't think they should have called it, but what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah, that's true. There's nothing they could have done at that point. Well, I appreciate you. I appreciate you being here today, Steve, and I'm sorry about your team. But I did no lean problem. towards them just because you were here today. So Steve and I had a thing. He's like, don't, because I, I told him I, I hated the fact that he had to, because he was coming in today, because everybody was out today. And I said, oh, my gosh, I feel so bad for you. And you were telling me that it'd be okay if so long as I leaned towards... See, it's because I leaned towards the Eagles that they lost. I am like kryptonite back in a team. I'm not, I don't know what it is. If I support it, they're probably going to lose. You can bet on it. So next time, you know, if you want to make some money, you can bet on it. Don't ask me to do stuff like that. I'll make your guys lose. It's unfortunate. Well, you didn't fumble we the ball a, in your own 30-yard line, so you're okay. Yeah. <laughs> We have uh, we're we're gonna break down. We're gonna talk all about the Super Bowl and all of that as well. Chris Stapleton's anthem was was epic. I, can somebody explain to me why we had to have like two anthems though? We're gonna discuss that here coming up. Also, the Green Disaster. I don't know if y'all been following everything that's happening in Ohio. We have a number of affiliates out there in East Palestine. Where's Mayor Pete on this train derailment? Where's he at? We've got that for you. Tech Microsoft had removed conservative sites. From a blacklist defunding outlets? I, I mean, what? We're, we're, how, Microsoft is in on this. We've got this. We've got a whole bunch of stuff. And then Stephen Yates is going to be joining us later on as well to break down all of the balloons. Well, maybe balloons or it's aliens. I mean, one of the two. We don't really know. Folks, are you concerned about American K-12 through education? Are you worried about what your children or grandchildren are learning or not learning in school? So if you've answered yes, my friends at Hillsdale College have a free resource for you. You've heard me talk about how Hillsdale College understands the importance of education to the future of our country. And now they're offering you 10 free print copies of their recent issue of Imprimus, entitled Education as a Battleground, written by Hillsdale College President Larry P. Arn. This special issue provides a factual account of the issues in the ongoing battle over education and why parents and teachers, not bureaucrats or activists, should guide what our children learn. With Hillsdale College, you can make a difference in your community by distributing these copies of Imprimus to your community. Don't miss this opportunity to arm yourself with the facts. Claim your 10 free copies of Education as a Battleground by visiting Dana4FORHillsdale.com. That's Dana4Hillsdale.com. Act today and join the battle over education for our country's future. That's Dana4Hillsdale.com. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. I feel like I just need to make everything about aliens today. NASA rover 
now finds the clearest evidence yet of an ancient lake on Mars. In the foothills of a Martian mountain, NASA's Curiosity rover found stunning new evidence of an ancient lake in the form of rocks etched with the ripples of waves. Now they say these are the telltale signs of perhaps maybe some kind of water. They say the rover is traversing an area of Mars called the sulfate bearing unit. Mm, sounds vacationy. That researchers previously thought would only show evidence of mere trickles of water because scientists believe that the rocks there formed as the surface of the red planet was dry, drying out. Instead, the rover found clearest evidence yet of some ancient water. So that's kind of kind of spooky, but also neat, maybe. The U.S., United States now is told all, all U.S. citizens to leave Russia immediately. It's a top-level advisory that's telling American citizens to leave Russia immediately and cease travel to the country as Russia's war against neighboring Ukraine continues. They're citing risks of harassment and wrongful detention specifically for Americans. They say don't travel to Russia due to the unpredictable consequences of the provoked full-scale invasion of Ukraine by Russian military forces. So they're telling everybody to get out. Uh, also, a terrifying moment for... This is a really insane... Th- I've been seeing, hearing this about from... from, from uh, about ski resorts lately. So the uh, in Miyoko City, central Japan, the Alpen Blick Snow Resort, a wild boar apparently attacked two snowboarders. And it's footage that was caught on camera. It was central Japan. Visitors are being urged to be careful in the wake of the attack. A snowboarder seen coming to the halt to the bottom of the slope, unaware of what would happen. But a wild boar went, went after both of them. Both snowboarders. Crazy. So coming up, KJP and uh, Canada and UFOs. We'll get into it. Black Rifle Coffee Company set out on a mission to make the best cup of coffee that's ever hit your mug. And I think they've hit that mission straight on. Their dream has been to sell enough premium coffee to build a support network for veterans, first responders, and law enforcement. And thanks to your support, that dream has come true. Black Rifle Coffee is roasted by a veteran-led team of brilliant coffee graders who work tirelessly to roast and bag the highest quality coffee here in America. And the coffee is truly one of a kind and my favorite. Your support has helped Black Rifle Coffee Company expand their team of active duty service members, veterans, and veteran family members. And they were able to donate over 120,000 bags of coffee to veterans and first responders in 2022. Visit blackriflecoffee.com Dana and use my code Dana at checkout for 20% off your purchase and your first coffee club order. That's blackriflecoffee.com slash Dana. Use code Dana and also look for Black Rifle Coffee in grocery and convenience stores. Black Rifle Coffee, America's coffee. Listen to the Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Reason the spokesperson John Kirby did not volunteer this information about fighter jets being scrambled to shoot down another object until a reporter in that room asked. In a statement on Saturday, the U.S. military could not provide details about the object, including its capabilities, purpose, or origin. And again, there's some weather issues when it comes to actually collecting this thing that was shot down. Man, that's... <laughs> there were weather issues. It was cold. That's Chuck Todd on MSNBC. Welcome back to the program. Your uh, kind of lovable curmudgeon today. You're more curious curmudgeon, because I'm... I'm I said before, and I'm kind of, I say this jokingly, but I really mean it. it. It's it's either Chinese or aliens, and I love any kind of alien conspiracy. I'm all about it, all about it, all about the alien conspiracy. My now, let's just play into this for a minute because my younger son was like, you know, if this is aliens, like actual, which I don't think it is. Uh, 
But he was like, if this is actual aliens, you realize we're screwed, right? Because that means that there's interstellar, they're capable of interstellar travel, all this stuff. But are they, though? Because I, it, I, the, the reports that came out about the, I'm going to pull this up. What came out about the, for instance, the one in Alaska that was, that was shot down on Saturday was that it was moving very slowly. It was 40,000 feet, but it was moving very slowly. And uh, it, that was the cylindrical one that apparently had, quote unquote, shattered, according to one report. Eh, I mean, real, then it's just a scout. And my, my son was saying, well, then we were hostile to it. And that's, well, it's a scout. And they would, and the reason that they would send something and, and try to operate in a somewhat surreptitious manner is because they would be anticipating such a response from, I'm just saying, I'm just playing into this for a minute. Because I don't, I think it's actually, I think it's, it's Chinese craft is what I think it is. But I also don't think that they're capable I don't think that this is any further technological advancement than anything we have. I just think that they're stupidly public about it, whereas we aren't. You know, I mean, there's a reason if I'm going to pay a lot in tax, I want it to go towards super shady machinery that the military develops to keep Americans safe. That's what I wanted to go. To, and I and I wanted to go towards that. And I just want to know every now and then. Yeah, we're developing the shady stuff. We got that. We got the machinery out there to kill enemies. We got it. We're good. OK, keep America safe. That's great. Now. The Pentagon, they're, and, the, and see, UFO means unidentified flying object. It doesn't mean, you know, aliens, like that one guy from the History Channel. It doesn't mean that. The Pentagon's just being cagey about the language. Now, as we said, they're apparently, they're going to be having a press conference later on. Uh, DOD, hopefully it's Pentagon and not Karine Jean-Pierre, Canada, good grief. So the Chinese, however, they're reacting as, you would imagine that they would, even if this wasn't them, I would think that they would try to take credit for it so that they could look like victims somehow. So they're apparently it's all suspected to be, you know, people think that that it's all originating in the communist nation, which is where what I'm also believing. I think that that's I think it's all Chinese. And first you had the spy balloon that was off the coast of South Carolina. Remember, that's the thing that was allowed to traverse the entire continental U.S. And then you've had, since that time, three other foreign objects. The latest over Lake Huron yesterday. Then you had the one over Alaska on Saturday. And the CCP took ownership of the original one over South Carolina, saying that, though the United States escalated this in a manner... Uh, the, the way that they de- they destroyed it and that it was unacceptable. Now, they also, here's what's weird. They're also now saying that they've also intercepted some things. I don't believe it. I don't believe this at all. So Chinese authorities said that they were preparing to shoot down. This is the Global Times. This is the CCP-run media. Local maritime authorities in East China's Shandong province announced Sunday that they've spotted an unidentified flying object in waters near the coastal city of Rizhao in the province and were preparing to shoot it down, reminding fishermen to be safe via messages. So they're saying that there's things now that they're... Mm, I don't think so. I think that they're trying to cover their butts. I think they're just trying to cover their backsides because they know that that what they're doing has been shady and they know that they're getting in trouble for it. That's what I think. Uh, but the story, too, it says U.S. They, now they're, they're pushing out this story and they're trying to say, no, no, no. Uh, the United States also made 10 different incursions into Chinese airspace with spy, their own spy balloons since 2022. I'm also dismissing that because I don't think 
particularly this administration, is anywhere near capable or willing to it, to in any way have something that could be interpreted as a provocation with China because I think they're doing business with China. They're not going to provoke China. They're doing business with them. They're, they're, I mean, the Bidens are in, it's, I mean, from everything that we've seen from their business decisions, the money that they're making from receipts that were on the laptops, they're in coots. There's no, I, there's no way that they're, that they're provoking them. This is not a provocation. They're working with them. So I don't believe that. I entirely, I think it's all CCP propaganda designed to cover their backside, which makes me think even more that it's China. So if you had your hopes up that that it was aliens, I'm sorry. I'm here to burst your balloon. It's not. I don't, there's no way. There's no way it is. It's just, it's not at all. Now, this, uh, (laughs) I wanted to put, this is audio soundbite 12. Now, this is Kirby, John Kirby addressing that one accusation from China. He was also saying that it's just absolutely not true. Listen. Uh, Lemire, want to get your reaction to some breaking news out of Beijing just in the last hour or two. The foreign ministry there has accused the United States since the start of 2022 of flying balloons uh, 10 different times over Chinese airspace. Can you uh, respond to that accusation? Not true. Not doing it. He says it's not true. And I agree. I, I, I just think, again, this is them trying to cover their backside on this. There's no way in any way. I, there's just I just don't believe that it's in any way remotely accurate or true. This is them trying to cover their backside. So I was really I would say I was actually really kind of, you know, I thought maybe, it, you know, it's kind of exciting. we got aliens. I think it's I'm like, OK, then maybe we could be united and pushing back against an alien force. And that's when my youngest son was was bursting my spy balloon because he said that that no, they would be incredibly hostile and they would be capable of interstellar, tr- interstellar travel and that they would be so much more far advanced than we are. And now it's, it's, just the C- it's just the CCP. You would think, though, however, that Mayor Secretary Poot Buttigieg, I don't know where he's been as of late. He was talking, this was on, he was at a, uh, an event. It was on C-SPAN. It was at the National Association of... Uh, what is it, counties conference? And he kind of made a joke about all of it, about Chinese spying. Listen to this. This is audio soundbite nine. Uh, it, it's had its challenges. Right. Uh, I mean, if you look at what the American transportation systems have faced in the last two or three years, partly because of the pandemic, we've faced issues from container shipping to airline cancellations. Mm-hmm. Now we got balloons. That's right. Um, <laughs> I'm glad that he thinks it's so funny. I don't I really don't think it's funny, but he does. He's joking about the challenges facing transportation and also Chinese spying. I don't think that's funny at all. Now, one of the things that you should probably be aware of that he really should address, being that he is the Secretary of Transportation and all, is what's going on in East Palestine. I don't know if you've heard about this. This is in Ohio. So apparently it was the Norfolk, Norfolk Southern Train. It derailed in East Palestine about a week ago. And on board were a number of chemicals. Three, they're apparently, a, a, some, I mean, they, some pretty serious stuff. Isobulethane, uh, monobutyl, I mean, there's, there's, and then a bunch of stuff with all kinds of consonants. But they were in these rail cars, rail cars that were derailed, breached, and on fire. Now, apparently, some of, some of these chemicals, one in particular, <clears throat> excuse me, is a carcinogen. 
And when you come in contact with it, it can cause burning and irritation of the skin and the eyes, and it's irri- it, it irritates your respiratory system to breathe in, and obviously it can cause shortness of breath. Uh, isobutylene uh, but- is known to cause dizziness and drowsiness when inhaled. So this was a week ago, and you haven't really heard a lot of, a lot of headlines about this. Um, I think we touched on it once in a headline segment, and it's apparently growing worse because they're recommending uh, that, uh, and particularly uh, one hazardous materials specialist who spoke to WKBN Channel 27 was telling that, saying that anybody in the East Palestine area should get a health checkup so that you can document any effects related to anything that, you know, anything of this that uh, from these chemicals from this train. That's pretty, that's pretty unbelievable. And I'm just wondering, because I was looking at just the stuff that was tracking today, because it's, you know, it's a train. This is the danger, by the way, of rail. This was, I, I immediately started thinking of the, the Keystone Pipeline. Remember how people were saying that it was going to be so much more significantly dangerous if we were, uh, we were transporting crude with the pipeline instead of on rail cars? Yeah, well, this is one of the reasons why we have... But why the pipeline was so much better. But there's nothing, there's been no response from the transportation secretary. He has had a lot of, he's had a lot of disasters on his watch. Now, there's a couple of ways to look at this. There's one in particular. The way I'm looking at this is transportation has always been an obsession of the left. They talk about trains, they talk about buses, they talk about infrastructure. They, they pay all of these, they, 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 they give all of this lip service to anything that satisfies public sector unions. But then when it comes time to actually beef up infrastructure, they get all belt and road initiative about it. So it's like they they put they do the least amount so that they can talk the biggest. And so when you look at the for instance, this thing this this derailment in East Palestine and now all this this people are saying it's a huge ecological disaster. Uh, there's there's and we'll, we're going to talk more about how widespread it is here coming up. But where is the, you would think that the transportation secretary would be all over this. I mean, you would think that they would be seizing on this as a way to to try to talk about how more money is needed for, you know, they're all about railways and it's still the safest for et cetera, et cetera. Uh, they, they go MIA typically whenever stuff like this happens. Like the Animaeus River in Colorado, when the EPA dumped a whole bunch of stuff in the river and it poisoned a bunch of livestock for indigenous farmers, they were completely mumped. Democrats were silent on this. You didn't, they didn't talk about any of it because it made them look bad on multiple fronts. It offended a various number of identity boxes. With this, they're also being pretty mum about it. You don't hear a lot. Why is that? We're going to talk about this here coming up. We're also awaiting a press conference, apparently supposed to be happening later today, uh, that maybe we're going to get some insight on everything that's been happening over the past week with all of these balloons, the spy balloons. These unidentified objects, the latest over Lake Huron, which is Sunday. So we're going to get into that and more. A lot of stuff that we have to unpack today. Yes, and why do we need two anthems? We got that and all kinds of stuff. I've talked a lot about the Keltec KSG shotgun over the years, and it's no secret how much I love it. It's become the go-to shotgun for law enforcement and home defense, and for a really good reason. Uh, but why am I such a huge fan of the Keltec KSG? 
Well, like everything that Caltech invents, it created an entirely new class of shotgun. And the one that started it all is the KSG shotgun. It's the first 12-gauge pump-action shotgun chambered for three-inch shells. And with its dual-tube mags, offers a capacity of 12 plus one. So that's six rounds in each tube plus one chambered. If you prefer two and three-quarter inch shells, even better, because the KSG holds seven plus seven plus one. That's 15 shells. You cannot ignore the downward shell ejection either. It makes the KSG truly ambidextrous and ejects shells away from your face. It's brilliant design. See the Keltec KSG up close and personal at KeltecWeapons.com. That's K-E-L-T-E-C Weapons.com. Again, to find out more, visit KeltecWeapons.com. Red meat, black coffee, truth telling. The Dana Show. Let me say this. We use TikTok on one device that has nothing else on it. It is a communication tool. We don't do it because it's fun, although some people think what I put out there can be fun on occasion. My, I don't kids, buy my kids disagree. I don't, buy that you don't have, <laughs> but, I don't buy that you don't have fun doing TikToks. But the point is, we have it uh, on one device that has no access to anything else because so many people get their information that way, whether we like it or not. That is a tool for disseminating important information. And, and See, the fact that this was her soundbite, and that's, that's Gretchen Whitmer, uh, Governor Gretchen Whitmer up there in Michigan. I, the fact that she says it doesn't, it's not hooked, it's not, it, it has nothing to do with her device being hooked up to something else. It has to do with monitoring behavior we talked about this last week that it is uh, it's 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 a psyop essentially the fact that she says that well it's you know it's on one device and you know i just uh, that's why a lot of people get there for she's she's kind of making all our points for us i mean what what we've been arguing is that it's not they're not looking to hack into your laptops if you you know uh, pair up your device or whatever anything like that this is all it's all behavioral it's all it, it's info security. It's 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 psyop. It that's exactly what this is. It and and the fact that she thinks that you can, she can trust that as some sort of distribution of truthful reports. I mean, TikTok is infamous for misinformation, and that kind of gets into it right there. I think that's why Democrats refuse to stop using it because they like it. They like all of it. They like all the stuff. It's that's it's fine for them. They like the disinformation and the division, but it has nothing to do with the with your hardware. It has to do with thinking. And if you're seeing certain messages on repeat, uh, you're seeing talking points on repeat, repeat that becomes ingrained in the discourse, all the everything around any discussion around that particular issue. It becomes fait accompli, accepted as fact. And that's the whole purpose of it. So I think that she demonstrates a true lack of understanding as to the purpose of TikTok and what it does. And that's dangerous because when you're an elected official and you're in charge of these of certain matters, but as it relates to her state, I think that we have an expectation that our elected officials should be smarter than this and a little bit more insightful than what she just demonstrated here with a soundbite. Mm. Now, coming up in our next hour, a lot of discussion about what is happening in in Ohio, in East Palestine. I don't know if you've been following this at all, if you're aware of what's going on, but this is a huge ecological problem. A lot of people were focusing on Super Bowl over the weekend, but there have been toxic chemicals 
the Biden administration is completely MIA. So you had East Palestine, Ohio train derailment, and now the consequences of this, apparently. And this is not the left that's saying this. There are left and a lot of people on the right in Ohio that are asking, wait, 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 where's the administration at here? Because, for instance, the Ohio River's 14 miles away. And now they're seeing some consequences of this derailment. Nothing from Pete Buttigieg, nothing from this administration. They have not said a single thing about this derailment. So where are they? An ecological disaster in Ohio. And I think people need to know, need to, they deserve some answers. We're going to dive into this and a lot more here coming up in our second hour. Don't go anywhere. More of The Dana Show back after this. Thanks to your support, Patriot Mobile has emerged as one of the leaders in the parallel economy, and they have big news. Patriot Mobile now offers service with all three major networks. This means if you're with the big three and like the service but hate their values, you can access them with Patriot Mobile. They also offer a performance guarantee. So if you're not happy with your coverage, you can switch between the three major carriers for free. Patriot Mobile, America's only. Christian conservative wireless provider offers nationwide coverage on the best 4G and 5G networks, so you get the same great service while supporting a company that fights to preserve our God-given rights and freedoms. Resolve now to stop supporting companies that don't align with your values. The Patriot Mobile 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Just visit PatriotMobile.com Dana or call them at 878-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with the offer code Dana. That's PatriotMobile.com Dana or call 878-PATRIOT. PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call 878-PATRIOT. It's had its challenges. Right. Uh, I mean, if you look at what the American transportation systems have faced in the last two or three years, partly because of the pandemic, we've faced issues from container shipping to airline cancellations. Mm -hmm. Now we got balloons. That's right. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. That's Pothole Pete, the transportation secretary, kind of making light of a number of things. Welcome back to the program. Second hour, Dana Lash here with you, your lovable curmudgeon. The secretary mayor kind of just poking fun at the Chinese surveillance story. Also, he didn't say anything about a single thing about what's happening in East Palestine in Ohio. I don't know if you've been watching this, but this is shaping up to be quite the ecological disaster. And not a single... I haven't seen a single cable news outlet cover this. I haven't seen, this is just some of the images. That's an actual explosion. So some from what I've seen, and there's um, a couple of really good explainers out there. Norfolk Southern is a rail line that goes through East Palestine, and it derailed right on, like right outside of the town. It was like right on the border, apparently, of Pennsylvania and Ohio. And the cars that they were carrying... um, Vinyl chloride, which is um, the way that I understand it, it's used to make PVC and some other types of chloride. Uh, and they're incredibly flammable. They're very hazardous. And um, it's, I mean, it's, it's shipped in li- like a, as a liquid. And so apparently when these trains, the way that I understand it, when they crashed, it wasn't just liquid that they were leaking. It was like apparently boiling gas and an incredibly toxic boiling gas that you're not, I mean, that's incredibly dangerous to be exposed to. And I think there's like 23,000 gallons of this were spilled. 
I something like that or no sorry 33,000 gallons the well that's the amount that these sort of tanker cars can carry anywhere between 25 to 30,000 so you have like I think what five cars were involved in this and uh this I mean this is bad 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 and so apparently uh what can you get like I think like hydrogen chloride can be one of the byproducts of burning vinyl chloride this is where all my chemistry majors, this is where y'all come in. And if it gets into water, it's it's bad. I mean, this is bad, bad, bad. So government, they had uh, government officials involved, the governor of Pennsylvania and Ohio. They were trying to, I guess, like burn off some of this stuff. I don't know. And it put all this acid in the air. And so now it's like bad. It's bad. It's bad. So there's still some stuff coming out about this. I think people are trying to wrap their heads around it but the rail the norfolk southern railway it seemed they're being accused of really playing down the severity of this and that's 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 pretty it's pretty dangerous i don't know why anybody's not talking about this i have no i mean i have no idea why no one is is not talking more about this I'm going to put a great explainer in your email prep. If you, you can go and subscribe over at Substack Chapter and Verse. I'm going to put a, a couple of explainers in here for you so that you can get a base understanding of this because I really think that this, I'm actually kind of surprised. Everything that I'm reading about this, it seems like it's serious enough that you would have Pothole Pete have a, I mean, you would have a, a, a press conference about this. And so far there hasn't been. Have you noticed that Democrat, administrations whenever there is an ecological disaster that is on their hands they're not anywhere to be found like the 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 chemical dump in the animus river in uh colorado that ended up poisoning a bunch of livestock and made it really really hard for a lot of indigenous farmers in that area all democrats like pay all kinds of lip service to indigenous nations but then when you know you had those same peoples that were affected by their epa dumping toxic chemicals into the river that their livestock uses the administration was completely gone mia not a peep so where's pothole peep on this because the soundbite that we just played for you was from over the weekend and this derailment happened last week this has been a week now and he's not seen anything there's um, it's interesting because engineer Twitter is is it, I will say engineer Twitter is all over this, and so they were talking about HCI hydrochloric acid solutions versus toxic vapor clouds of vinyl chloride. They were saying that at least hydrochloric acid is a liquid, more controllable. That vinyl chloride is like one of the worst, et cetera, et cetera. Now people are worried about the out the nearby areas. The I think what 14 miles away is the Ohio River. Uh, people are worried about uh, exactly what's what's going to happen with this um it's i mean there are people who are worried about when they're if their their kids you know being outside in that and i can completely understand that this is it's just there if you look there's i was looking earlier today too there's nothing that's trending about this in coverage online i mean literally nothing not a single thing trending. Now, I think that the biggest stories, if you were to ask me what I think the biggest stories today are, I think that it's the situation with the spy balloons, obviously. You know, here we have four that have been shot down. And then I think this. And this, this is, I think they're both equally big. But yet, you're not finding anything, any information about the spillage of the chemicals in these rail cars. 
And I'm, I know we have uh, a lot of affiliates in this area. I'm curious as to what our listeners in this area, what they have to say about this. I mean, these are super, uh, I mean, these are, I mean, this, this is some dangerous stuff. They said that the EPA sent a letter to Norfolk, Norfolk Southern, that's the rail, and saying that the, the chemicals that they had in the rail cars, that they had been, they were on fire, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we told you about the one uh, uh, chemical hazardous materials expert who says that these chemicals are carcinogens, and when they're burning, it can cause irritation in the skin and eyes and all of this, and it's, it's, it's dangerous. Like I said, one primer that I was reading, let me pull this back up, uh, was, in, I mean, it's actually incredibly helpful. One of the primers that I was reading uh, was getting into exactly you know what these chemicals are, uh, the polyvinyl chloride. Like for instance, one of uh, said that vinyl chloride is that it boils at eight degrees Fahrenheit, and then when it's shipped, it is done so in liquid form. When these cars crashed and derailed, they weren't just leaking liquid; they were spewing boiling gas, and like and and it's incredibly toxic. OSHA regulates the permissible limits as to how much you can be exposed to during an average work shift. And it gets, I mean, and this apparently greatly exceeds even that. They said currently or previously before this, the biggest spill of this particular chemical. Uh, and this is according to, uh, there's a couple of sources here. Uh, and I, I'll put this in your newsletter. The biggest spill before this of that particular chemical was in New Jersey, says one explainer, where a train car and about 23,000 gallons of the vinyl chloride were spilled and it can't catch on fire. This has five cars and they carry anywhere between 25 to 33,000 gallons. That's a lot. So the, like I said, this is that in East Palestine of this toxic derailment and I'm just, where, where, how does something like this happen? First off, uh, with, you know, rail, and this is Norfolk Southern, and I'm going to get some more information too about, because uh, the, there are a couple of other things in this. So when, was there, there's a controlled explosion, apparently, that also took place. This is crazy. So biggest ecological disaster and it's not being covered anywhere you have no idea that the and the information about it thankfully you have engineers and all kinds of you know other uh people who who work with chemicals day in and day out uh who are doing some great explainers on this but there's nothing in the press it would be great if there was a you know somebody in the in the media who can ask questions about this stuff who are there who could go and and i i'm just shocked and it has not been addressed at all whatsoever by the Department of Transportation. None. You, you haven't been hearing about this at all. And I doubt you will. I doubt you will. That's, that's sad. We're going to come back to this because there's some more information. I also want to make sure we're hitting some of this other stuff, too. Uh, if you've been following these stories, a U.S. fighter jet shot down another airborne object. This went over Lake Huron on Sunday. And it, apparently we worked in conjunction with Canada on this as a part of NORAD. Uh, or Canada, with Canada, as uh, Karine Jean-Pierre has stated. And the Pentagon refused to rule out, let me pull this, this piece up, the Pentagon has refused, they refused to rule out, they said, we're calling them objects, not balloons, for a reason. So there's even different 
there's no consist there's no consistency and response on this because you have Chuck Schumer saying balloons. You have other actual Pentagon officials who are saying we're not calling them we're we're not calling them balloons. We're calling them objects. Um, there's a lot of inconsistency here, and we went from last week it not being a real threat to now apparently it is enough to you shoot on sight. I'm just wondering. An F-16 shot it down. It was about uh, from around 20,000 feet over the Great Lakes. It was a 242 yesterday. And then, of course, two other objects destroyed over Alaska and Canada on Friday and Saturday. And then the first one was the spy balloon shot down over South Carolina. So four objects in eight days. That is, that's the, that's the timeline. Because Wednesday... Last Wednesday on February 1st, that was when the Chinese spy balloon, well, actually, if Wednesday, February 1st was when it was first, there's first spotted apparently above Montana, uh, not February 1st, but last Wednesday. And then Saturday, a balloon was shot down by, the F- by an F-22 off the coast of South Carolina. This was last weekend. And then Thursday, there was one detected off the coast of northern Alaska. Friday, a UFO was shot down by an F-22 over Dead Horse, Alaska. And apparently the wreckage was on frozen ground, so they had to be, it was a little, tri- it's super far north, so it was a little tricky getting up there. Saturday, uh, second UFO shot down by an F-22 over U- over uh, the Yukon, over Yukon, Canada. FAA had shut down airspace over Montana, citing another possible UFO, but NORAD claimed it was a radar anomaly. And then on Sunday, the third object was detected over the Great Lakes and shot down by an F-16. Now, the first one they said was a balloon, but now they're not saying the other. They're saying object. We're not. We're purposefully saying object and not balloon. I just got some questions. Now, they said that the unlike the Chinese spy balloon, and this is according to uh, let me pull this up here because there were a couple of sources. These are all from uh, 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 this is the U.S. Air Force General Glenn Van Herc. And then there were also some another official from the Pentagon. They were saying that. Unlike the spy balloon, the three objects that were all shot down this past, what, Friday and then going into the weekend, those three were of a similar size and speed. They had, the, they had similar descriptors. So that's, there's a little bit of a difference from that from the balloon. So there's a press conference that's supposed to be taking place this hour. And I'm wondering... What we're going, I'm, I mean, are they going to, I'm wondering if they're going to announce like a, an unidentified, uh, if they're going to announce a task force for something like this. I wouldn't be surprised if they did, because this has been something that Republicans and Democrat elected officials have called for just because a number of, just because a number of the, the sightings, et cetera, uh, that people have had, that people in the military particularly have had over the past uh, decade. So we'll see. We're going to get into all of this as we get moving towards the bottom of the second hour. Of all your favorite talk hosts, one of these is not like the others. The Dana Show. That's whether they were sending any communications. I want to suspend quick five here to go to John Kirby live speaking about. We look to see whether uh, they were maneuvering or had any propulsion capabilities in progress. We saw no signs of that, and we made sure to determine whether or not they were manned. They were not. We did, however, assess that their altitudes were considerably lower than the Chinese high-altitude balloon and did pose a threat to civilian commercial air traffic. And while we have no specific reason to suspect that they were conducting surveillance of any kind, we couldn't rule that out. 
That is why the President, at the recommendation of, of the Secretary of Defense, the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and the North NORTHCOM NORAD Commander, gave the order to shoot them down. These missions were completed successfully and safely. Efforts are actively underway right now at all sites to find what is left of those objects so that we can better understand and communicate with the American people what they are. I think it's important to remind the objects in Alaska and Canada are in pretty remote terrain. Ice and wilderness, all of that making it difficult to find them in winter weather. The object over Lake Huron now lies in what is probably very deep water. So outside of recovery operations, what are we doing? Well, first, we are continuing to monitor. There are no active tracks today, but the professionals at NORAD will continue to do their important work. Secondly, we are consulting with allies and partners on the challenge of identified aerial phenomenon and how we can all work together to deal with that challenge. The President has directed the Secretary of State, Secretary of Defense, and the Director of National Intelligence to engage with their so relevant... So this is John Kirby with DOD and National Security Council who's explaining what, what's happening here uh, with these downed objects. We're going to come back with more of this. Stick with us. More of the Dana Show up against a hard break right after this. Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. Welcome back to the radio program. You can also watch the simulcast as well, Channel 349 Direct TV. Right now, John Kirby is taking some questions from the White House about these downed objects. For in the past eight days, we're going to join that live and in progress. Then I'm going to circle back with some very interesting remarks that he made that you will want to hear if you miss them. They Listen. have modified the filters and the gains, as we call it, uh, of, the, of the, the radar capabilities to look more discreetly at high altitude, small radar cross-section, and low-speed objects. And so if you do that, and anybody that's operated a radar will know you can set, you can set the parameters, and if you set the parameters in such a way that to look for a certain something, it's more likely that you're going to find a certain something. Uh, given all you've discussed here and the actions the administration is taking and what people have learned, Chinese spy balloon this year and previous years, these unidentified objects that we shoot down, uh, they might have a question. Uh, when it comes to these higher altitudes, are America's borders secure? The president uh, takes, uh, as I said earlier, he takes uh, our national security uh, extremely seriously. He has no higher responsibility than the safety and security of the American people. And I don't think you need to look any further, quite frankly, than the decisions he's made in just the last week to 10 days uh, to evidence that. But it feels like he's plugging holes, like these are vulnerabilities that we are discovering in real time. You're making an assumption there that I don't know that the, I don't know that the analysis will actually bear out. Brian in the back. Thank you very much. Um, the president gave the order to shoot down the object over Lake Huron yesterday. Where was he? What kind of information did he have when he gave that order? What was briefed to him? And, and what, how did he anticipate the outcome of that? He was here in the White House. He was uh, kept constantly informed by, uh, by his national security team and certainly by the military. Um, uh, he made that decision. I, I don't, couldn't give you the exact time on the clock, but it was, uh, uh, I believe, uh, mid to late morning um, and uh, and then it was executed in the in the afternoon 
were, were there contingencies in place in case there was a reaction from a foreign government in reaction to shooting that object down? Was the one, the on, the one yesterday? The one yesterday, yeah. Well, it was shot over, I mean, it was shot over Lake Huron and landed in what we believe to be the Canadian side of the lake. Um, so we were obviously in constant communication and consultation with our Canadian counterparts, and they are rightly because of where we think it splashed down. I mean, they're sort of the, in concert with the U.S. Coast Guard, but they are also involved in, in trying to locate the, the debris right now. But there was good communication with our Canadian allies. Signs of a foreign government taking a special interest in that object from yesterday? No. Or reacting in an unusual way? No. Yeah, I see in the back. Yeah, thanks, uh, uh, John. Two questions. One, you mentioned early on that um, this the, the China uh, balloon might have been giving limited additive capabilities. I assume you're um, meaning onto their satellite surveillance. Can you specify what, I mean, what exactly it's getting from a balloon that they're not getting from orbiting satellites that go over us like dozens of With the caveat that we haven't fully recovered everything, though we have recovered some things from the bottom of the, uh, uh, of, uh, the Atlantic, um, and we're analyzing that. But with that caveat that we don't know exactly uh, what this uh, balloon uh, was surveilling or what its capabilities were. So just in general, and I, that is an important caveat that I'd like you to remember. Um, when you are at a lower altitude than space, um, you could perhaps get a better fidelity uh, of, uh, of, uh, of, uh, of imagery, for instance, uh, uh, of things on the ground. Uh, when you are not moving at the speed of a satellite, and therefore, you know, only getting seconds over a, a, a site, when you can maneuver left, right, slow down, speed up, like this thing could, then you can loiter. If you can loiter, you can soak in a little bit more. You can spend more time over a, a sensitive site. But, uh, some of their satellites are in geostationary orbit. I mean, they're just sitting there gathering signals intelligence, right? So. Um, what is the benefit? I mean, is it just to see what kind of fidelity? We're going to learn more. I'd rather not go into any more detail than that right now. We're going to learn more. Um, and frankly, I think that's a terrific question you should be asking Beijing. And then one last one. Uh, the, um, you said that uh, the, four, the other objects shot down were not able to transmit or were not transmitting signals, that they did not have any propulsion. Did the China balloon, did that have any, um, was it emitting signals back? I'm not going to go into more detail about uh, uh, the capabilities of that. We are going to be studying it and analyzing it. There is no question in our minds that that system was designed to surveil, that that was an intelligence asset. I'll leave it there. Has there been any outreach from anywhere in the administration to the kinds of companies that produce weather balloons or other craft that would fit these descriptions that might be from the commercial or corporate world to say, is this yours, or any kind of outreach, or have you been hearing from anyone who might say, we have ours, they're in this area. Is any of that going on now? I don't know of any conversations right now, uh, uh, Kelly, but one of the reasons why the President directed Mr. Sullivan to put together an interagency effort is to take a long look at that and try to learn a little bit better about who is up at that altitude doing what uh, for completely legitimate purposes. I think we, we all recognize we need to probably have a better sight picture on that, and that's why the President wants this interagency effort to take a look. And what kind of intelligence might be happening in terms of the diplomacy that's going on or whatever, if these are state-owned, 
uh, objects. I'm not sure I understand what you mean. Uh, is there is there a network of conversations that might be happening where someone might be able to say, based on this octagonal description, that hey, that sounds like the so and so. I mean. Is there some conversations that are happening that might be able to give us some descriptions? I mean, the short answer to your question is yes, and I talked about that in my opening statement. The president also directed Secretary Blinken, Secretary Austin, uh, Director Haynes uh, to have these kinds of conversations with our allies and partners around the world to share with them what we're learning, but also to see get, the, get their perspectives. The we're quick to say it's ours, but it was for commercial purposes. Yeah, I, again, we're going to have those kinds of conversations with our, with our allies and partners to see what kind of experiences that they have had, what, uh, what we can learn from, from them, what perhaps they can learn from us. And are we still with object or can we call them balloons? Still with object. And just to follow up on Kelly's question. And I won't mess that up today. On the, on the corporate angle, is there any expectation that this is going to affect the, the executive order on surveilling the U.S. companies and what they're doing in China and the, their I know operations there? I know there's Okay. And then um, is there, and just you said a moment ago that there's uh, no knowledge of a, a U.S. balloon or other craft over Chinese territory. Just being cognizant of the fact that China has a different definition of what their territory is than the United States, is there any U.S. Surveillance aircraft over Taiwan, <laughs> over uh, the South China Sea, that that would would fit into that. There is no U.S. surveillance uh, aircraft uh, over Chinese uh, in Chinese airspace. Okay, even Chinese claimed airspace. There is no U.S. surveillance aircraft in Chinese airspace. Okay, and then and then just finally, is there any um, new? formal approach that's being developed as far as how you're going to deal with these things on a systematic basis going forward. Is there well, again, again, that's what that's exactly what the the president wants Mr. Sullivan to run as a process, an interagency process to help us, as I said in my opening statement, get around the policy implications here, and whether and whether or not there needs to be any uh, policy changes going forward. Um, no precedent for U.S. fighters taking down objects over U.S. territory, as far as I'm aware of. I guess my question is, you talked about the, the tweak in the radar systems. Yeah. There's been a tweak in the threshold for uh, the Pentagon uh, presenting to the president, the president signing off on military action related to anything over our airspace. I'm not sure I'm following what you in mean. In the wake of the Chinese spy balloon, yeah. the radars were tweaked, which is why you think you're seeing some of these things. Right. Has the decision about, or has the threshold for the use of fighters to so take John down Kirby objects? So John Kirby is also taking some questions. Uh, you heard some from C-SPAN there. He's answering some questions from the White House about these objects that have been shot down by our government. Uh, welcome back to the program, Dana Lash here with you. And we came in with this live, and I still have, I, I have other sound bites too to play for you, which we're going to get into here. But just if you're just joining us, uh, Kurt, John Kirby is, was asked, uh, you know, if, the, if these objects did not pose a threat, why were they being shot down? His answer was that they posed a very real potential risk to civilian air traffic, adding that they were unmanned and uncontrolled. Now, he says it couldn't be ruled out that they were not watching military sites. And therefore, he says the president directed the military, quote, out of an abundance of caution to then take them down. He also said that they have, and this is what I thought was interesting, because Corinne Jean-Pierre was asked before she introduced Kirby, she was asked whether or not, you know, basically it was sort of a joking 
question, but it was a question nonetheless as to whether or not these were aliens. I think we have. I think I dropped something in a Slack about that. Play this real quick because I thought Kirby's statement kind of contradicted hers. Listen. I know there have been questions and, and concerns about this, but there is no, again, no indication of aliens or extraterrestrial activity with these recent takedowns. Again, there is no indication of aliens or terrestrial activity. But then Kirby was saying that the U.S. has not been able to definitively say or accurately ascertain what the objects were, which is interesting. He also noted that China has a balloon program in his Q&A. The coordinator for strategic communications for the White House National Security Council was saying that they cannot publicly go into many details, but he was able to determine uh, that China has a high-altitude balloon program connected to China's army. Now, I want to pause and go back to what we were talking about in our very first hour. Let me take you back to this piece, because this was, and bear with me, I'm going to go and reopen this, because there was a military uh, analysis, a defense analysis website, the War Zone, that back in July of 2020 uh, published a piece on the gigantic hangar near secretive Chinese test facilities, and this was in the Xinjiang province, that pointed to it at the development of exotic airships uh, that were lied, really that were lighter than air to fly, and that's that's uh, it was in their autonomous region. And it was on their Milan Air, Air Base, which was is a very secretive People's Liberation Army Air Force test base, and that's the CCP's military, with an emphasis on unmanned platforms. And it's a ginormous hangar. Uh, I think they said it could easily fit. Some of the analysis, according to the satellite imagery, which was published, uh, they were saying saying that you could easily fit a Nimitz-class supercarrier inside with 100 feet to spare on either side. And it's right by missile defense and anti-satellite activity. So clearly it has to do with the development of lighter than aircraft, which could include an unmanned, a large unmanned airship hmm. capable of, of operating in the upper reaches of the atmosphere. So that was that's kind of interesting when you hear now that he that uh, Kirby was uh, affirmatively answering. Yes, they do have they, they're not going to go into a lot of details but they have been able to determine that china has a high altitude balloon program connected to their military Hmm, interesting so it seems like occam's razor that's kind of you know that's kind of where it is so this is some of the latest from this q and a he was saying that the the administration was acting uh out of an abundance of caution of course all of this marks a new low in relations between the United States and China. This is something that coming up later on in the program here in our next hour, Stephen Yates, who worked uh, with, he's worked with President Trump. He also worked in the Bush administration, advising the VP at the time. Uh, He uh, also headed up Radio Free Asia. He is an expert on uh, all of these issues regarding uh, related to China. He's going to, he's going to join us and we're going to break some of the stuff down because uh, this is, there's a lot of questions still. And it's interesting to listen to the media ask questions because you can tell that people are struggling to get a really good grasp. The, it, it's one thing to send out Kirby. And I don't necessarily think that Kirby, Kirby may seem the most amiable, but I don't necessarily know if he's the best for this. And at some point, you can only have so many surrogates out before, you know, people start wondering where the president of the United States is. Where's the commander in chief on this? And he's not going to be able to, to dodge that, I think, for much longer. So we're going to talk about all of this coming up. In the meantime, before we hit Florida Man. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. (laughs) It's time for Florida Man. 
All right. So first up, a Florida man who was angry over the airline's baggage fees was accused of making a bomb threat at Orlando at an Orlando airport, say deputies. A Florida man who was upset over these baggage fees was arrested at Orlando International Airport Thursday of last week after he allegedly made a statement that there was a bomb on the plane. Danny Curry and his wife were at the airport. They were a prepare they were preparing to take a spirit airlines flight from orlando to pensacola and they were upset over the airlines carry-on bag fees so they they allegedly mentioned that the plane would have to be deplaned because there was a bomb on board you can't joke about that at because people take it way too seriously everything way too seriously uh he was saying you want me to say it again and he got real mad you never do that when you're mad that's not going to help your situation so they brought the canines in uh, they had the fbi tsa uh, clearly everybody was late for their flight. They had to search everything, check all the luggage. The flight was allowed to continue, I'm sure, after a significant delay. So this guy was arrested and booked into jail on one count of reporting a bombing. Uh, so uh, falsely reporting a bombing. Just, just nuts. There's so many better, wit- just golly. Uh, this, dun, 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 I don't, a Florida man faces a misdemeanor charge for standing naked in his doorway. Now, he was in his doorway behind a screened-in porch with nothing on and completely exposed. Somebody who was walking their dog in Cape Coral saw it and called the police. They felt like he was deliberately displaying his junk, so to speak. And neighbors were outraged. They were saying that he's that they have kids and grandkids and he, he was standing right in front of the door. And that's, you know. So they said that the neighbor who was spotted was actually frozen in embarrassment behind a screened in porch door when he realized a neighbor spotted him. They, so they, they said that the Cape Coral attorneys were saying that there's a gray area in prosecution. They have to decide if it's a one-time mistake or a pattern in order to determine charges. But, and by the way, the WINK, there's a difference between begging the question and posing the question. Begging the question is assuming that the conclusion is true based on the premises offered. When you are saying begging the question, when you mean pose the question, you're misusing that logical phrase. Stop it. Because then it makes your story confusing. But there is a a legitimate question to be asked about, well, where's the line? If you're in, was he deliberately doing it? Did he know? Did he think the screen was going to cover him? This is weird. But why do it in the first place? Wouldn't you be worried that you would be, I don't know, is that only something that normal people think? I'm not sure. Third hour on the way. Stephen Yates will join us coming up soon. Stick with us. Because it's so unprecedented, um, should the public be hearing from the president directly on this? We have been, uh, uh, I think, as transparent as we can be. I I won't speak for the president's uh, uh, personal uh, speaking schedule, but I mean, he has been deeply engaged in uh, every one of these decisions. He's been kept informed, including as of this morning, on uh, what's going on with recovery efforts, um, and uh, and uh, he's very much staying on top of the issue and uh, and directing his team to make sure we are properly consulting and briefing not just members of Congress but state leaders as well. And of course, you know, we're also doing what we can in the in the public sphere. Hmm. So that's John Kirby, who just uh, he's still wrapping up a press conference. Actually, he's just walking away from the podium now. They they delved into some other areas, but he was answering questions about this. Uh, the four objects in eight days shot down by the United States. The first was the uh, Chinese spy balloon that was over South Carolina. Then you had uh, one that was there was a I mean, there's a number 
and pull up my test because there's it's a timeline you had the one that was uh, in Canada the Friday was the one that was the second object that was near Dead Horse Alaska Saturday was in Yukon in Canada and the third was over Lake Huron uh, so four total and I don't really think that we learned anything new from this press conference I got to be honest with you um, there's a couple of things that I thought were kind of, you know, sort of interesting, but didn't really give new information. It only indicated a little bit maybe what kind of cards they were holding. Welcome back to the program. Top of our third hour. Dana Lash here with you, your curious curmudgeon. And you can listen to the program, ladies and gentlemen, from Sea to Shining Sea. It's good to be with you this Monday to start the week out. Just try, It's a weird news day because there's all, there's there are a, a handful of entirely separate issues with which to deal with and and two in particular including what's happening in east palestine ohio which we're going to talk more about later uh people are if you're i i mean hashtag ohio chernobyl is trending for a reason so that has to do with that that toxic chemical spill that's happening up there uh that the derailment that took place uh what a week ago and they're still dealing with all of the fallout of this as for this press conference and we're going to, like I said, talk more about the Ohio situation here coming up. But as uh, for this press conference here, I was telling my husband, I think this was Saturday when we were talking about this. I so I don't think I don't think it's like actual aliens or anything like that. That would that's too exciting. That's too exciting to happen. We're not going to get something like that. We can't even get a smod. I think we have another little pebble that might be careening close near Earth. We can't even get smod. We're not going to we're not going to be so lucky to get aliens. It's not going to happen. I do think it's probably the Chinese. And I think the United States clearly knows a hell of a lot more than our government wants to share with us. Now, normally, they and I'm looking at this very, very clinically. Because I don't think that the administration has been really great in messaging on this at all whatsoever. And that's due to Biden being ridiculous and not being up to the job. I mean, I'm telling you, after being at the State of the Union and having my eyes on him for a full hour from the side and watching him lean on the podium, not like he was being casual, but like he was exhausted, the dude is not well. And I think that if there was someone who was more up to the task and quicker witted, I think that they would be able to more deftly control the narrative on this. But because he can't, all of these other people have to pick up the slack and have to cover that, that, that gap. Now, to that point, as I said, I think that we know a heck of a lot more than we're letting on. And you don't want your populace to be freaked out, right? You don't want citizens to be freaked out. But in the absence of an actual leader who can manage narratives and manage stuff like this well, they would rather leave, I think, the American populace freaked out and wondering, could it be aliens, than show their hands too much with what they know regarding China. I was telling my husband this. I'm like, think about this. Do you want people thinking that all of this is China and that we are hurtling towards World War III, which would cause massive panic you know, throughout the United States? Or would you rather have people be freaked out thinking it's aliens? Think about this. You're the government. You're president of the United States is President Cheesehead McUnity. Do you really think they, they can't handle it? They can't handle you, you. He's not an effective communicator, so he cannot manage the expectations or fears of the people. And an effective communicator can do that. Biden is not that. Biden does not have that empathy. He does not have that connection. He barely knows where the hell he is half the time. So he is not the person to do that. He cannot go up there and and assure people that everything is fine 
while concealing what they know about China. He can't do that. So they would rather leave everybody freaking out about aliens than have them freaking out, which might be worse, towards the possibility of a cold conflict escalating to a hot conflict with China. So that's my, that is just my take on why they're handling this so horribly. This is the best they can do. It's stunning, but it is. That's the absolute best they can do. Think about it. Imagine you had a more skilled communicator out front with all of this. Yes, everybody, it's fine. We're figuring it out. You know, it could be a couple of things. We're just going to run some stuff down. And yeah, I mean, there's a number of ways to handle this. None of which this administration is doing because they lack leadership. That's why you have such inconsistent messaging. It's why you have Chuck Schumer out there talking about balloons and then the Pentagon saying, well, it's not really balloons. And then John Kirby's going, we can't actually accurately assess what the hell it is. Everybody has a different way of explaining it because there's no effective leadership from the top down. Democrats wanted power so damn bad they didn't care what they would do when they got it. That's the problem. And so now here's the issue. People are nervous. They're freaked out. All we've seen is an unprecedented in eight days, four objects shot down by either F-16s or F-22s and not a peep from the White House. Nothing. And in the meantime, you got a chemical disaster out in East Palestine. Nothing from Pothole Pete, the the head of transportation. It's just a mess. This administration is a hot mess. I'm really, you know what I really need in my life is I need that Canadia soundbite again from KJP. Which one was that? Oh, audio soundbite three, which is also video for the simulcast viewers. I need this in my life again. This was Corinne Jean-Pierre. Like I said, this is the best they can do. Does this why is why is the American military shooting something out of the sky over Canada? Because it's part of a NORAD. There is a, the NORAD is part of like a part of a it's a it's a what you call a coalition, a consortium, a, 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 so, a pact okay. exactly. And so that's why we were able to do that again. It, we didn't do it on our own. We did right. it in in uh, in uh, clearly so in in, 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 in step with uh, right. Canada. Canada, guys. Where's Canada at on the map? We've heard of a lot of things. Canada. Okay, there you go. They're doing the best they can do. That's the best they have to offer. I, like I said, Democrats so badly wanted the White House, they didn't care what they would do when they got it. They didn't think about the consequences. They didn't think of, well, what happens if something seriously goes down and we don't have anyone who can, like, communicate? And that's what you have. You have Chuck Schumer. We played this audio already, but we had Schumer saying that he thinks that this, he was just saying it's all balloons and it's all Chinese. It's all the communist Chinese. Buttigieg said the same thing. He was joking about it. Uh, They're all over the place. Pentagon said, well, it's not all balloons. What? I mean, Pentagon's over here sounding like that guy from History Channel, Aliens. But we know it's, I don't think it is. Like I said, we're not that lucky. We are not that lucky. Sorry, we're not. And the way that the craft was moving, hold on, I'm going to pull, because one of the things that Kirby said was that it, uh, the slow moving, and do we have this soundbite, Steve? I think this is one you were getting. When he was asked about the, the movement of the, one of the images or one of the objects, and he was saying, well, it's slow moving, so it can surveil without being detected because it's, su- it's such so s- slow speed that aids in its inability to be detected. Are we, do we have that? Okay. Because that's, that's, yeah, I know you were cutting that. 
That's, um, if you can, as soon as you can get that for me, that'd be great. Even though I know he just did it. This is why we need a thousand more people on the show. Because there's, especially on days like today when it's nuts. But that's, that was an interesting point that he made. And I had shared with you earlier, it was a July piece that was back in 2021. Uh, it was the war zone. It's a military uh, analysis site. And they were noting that there was a major hangar in the Xiangjing province. And with inside that hangar, it's like they said big enough for Nimitz class with like hundreds of feet to spare on either side. It's a massive, massive facility. And where they do lighter than aircraft. So that's where they could potentially be creating these things. So that does definitely sound like it's some kind of, you know, that's, and it, and it gets into what John Kirby said here. This was a free beacon. Uh, one of the things in Slack, it's one of the things that uh, Kirby had noted from the press conference where he said that China has a high altitude balloon program for Intel collection. And that it's not just connected to the PL, the PLA, their, their communist military. It is. Part of their, it's on their air base up there in that province. If we can play this, play that. That's in Slack, one of the first links. High altitude balloon program for intelligence collection that's connected to the People's Liberation Army. It was operating during the previous administration, but they did not detect it. We detected it. We tracked it. And we have been carefully studying it to learn as much as we can. Hmm. We know that these PRC surveillance balloons have crossed over dozens of countries on multiple continents around the world, including some of our closest allies and partners. We well, there you have it. And so this was, like I said, this was one of the, I think this is all related to that, that it's all coming out of that hangar in, the, in that western province there. That's also where, in, where the Uyghurs are imprisoned in that province as well. So in addition to that, they, they, he was talking about the speed of it. And that they couldn't rule out that the unidentified objects were gathering surveillance information. So they acted to protect transit over potential military sites. And they, they had been asked about that as well. So incredibly interesting. And like I said, I think that he's being cagey on purpose because that's the best that they can do right now. Biden cannot definitely go out and engender any kind of um, you know, calm or anything of that nature. He can't do that. I mean, he doesn't even know where he is half the time. He's probably in Delaware taking a nap. Now, the other huge story, this is pretty significant, is this, I mean, there's a reason why the hashtag, I'm pulling this up, Ohio Chernobyl is trending. That's, Ohio Chernobyl is trending specifically because of this massive chemical spill that took place. I mean, it's been like a week, a huge explosion, uh, tons of, of poison, vinyl chloride. I mean, the photos of the explosion are crazy. And vinyl chloride is carcinogenic. We talked about this. And when you burn off vinyl chloride, which apparently they did, it releases hydrogen chloride. And then guess what happens when hydrogen chloride interacts with water vapor in the air? Oh, hydrochloric acid. So apparently people are feeling like a burning in the eyes and all kinds of stuff. This could potentially be a horrific eco ecological disaster. We're going to talk more about this. Interesting. You know, Warren Buffett has over 6 million shares in Norfolk Southern Rail, which is the rail line that goes, that's where these tankers where all this happened. Interesting. 
And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. Okay, so uh, some students in New Hampshire had walked out over after the district banned urinals under their transgender policy. The New Hampshire school district created a stupid policy where kids could use the bathroom associated with their gender identity, blah, 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 corresponds, blah, blah, blah. The parents pushed back, and then when the trans activists, who are crazy, objected, the school hit up on a compromise. Students could use the the bathroom that matched their sex, but to not hurt anyone's feelings, they took out the urinals. And so kids walked out, understandably, because Milford High School, you are morons. Can you, can you, why, you have no business educating kids. Uh, Let's see, Associated Press, Uh, this is funny. Emu escape. Flightless giant gets loose in Massachusetts. In East Bridgewater, a large pet that's normally native to Australia, and don't forget the Great Emu War, uh, escaped from her home. The bird's an emu, second tallest bird on Earth after its relative, the ostrich. It got loose Thursday night, led police on a chase. The bird's owner told television stations that the wild animal likely ca- a wild animal likely caused the emu to jump over a six-foot-high fence. Uh, so they've been tracking the emu to bring it back home. Uh, there's a bill... In Wyoming, this is interesting, that's going to make it easier to throw axes, rope chickens while drinking alcohol in Wyoming. It sounds like the leave, their new motto should be leave where we leave people alone. It's going to be a bill that makes it easier for people in Wyoming. We have things, though, like this in Texas, where you can have a beer and throw an axe. I mean, there's literally axe throwing places in Texas and chicken roping. Anyway, this is uh, it's one step away, this bill from Region Governor Mark Gordon's desk. And it would make entertainment-based businesses eligible for these licenses. Coming up, Stephen Yates joins us. Don't miss. Politics, pop culture, and whatever else gets canceled, tossed in a blender, paid for by sponsored hate mail. It's The Dana Show. Any of these three objects were surveilling. We couldn't rule that out. And so there, you know, you want to err on the side of safety here in terms of protecting our national security interests and the fact that these objects uh, could have and uh, and likely did at some point in their path uh, transit over, you know, potential military sites. of. Well, that's John Kirby, who just a little bit held a press conference where I don't think we got any new information about very unprecedented actions that the United States has taken in the past eight days for objects over the United States. And then there was one that was apparently just over the border uh, in Canada. Uh, And one was a balloon. Three others were apparently similar objects. But it's kind of confusing because Chuck Schumer, as we mentioned, says balloons. The Pentagon says those three are not balloons. John Kirby just calls them objects. There is a lack of consistency that is fueling a lot of anxiety that Americans are feeling about this. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you in our third hour. And joining me now, boy, was he ever made for such a time as this. Our very good friend, Stephen Yates, Senior Fellow at America First Policy Institute. And of course, he is an expert on anything related to the CCP, all things China, having worked in the previous Bush administration also with Trump. And he's the uh, chair of the China Policy Initiative for America First Policy Institute as well. Okay, so... Stephen, I'm so glad that you're with us. Thank you so much for being here. And I, I understand, I, f- I feel as though, this is just my take, I feel like they know a lot more than they're willing to say, obviously, understandably, and they would rather have people freak out over potential alien invasion than they would by thinking that this tensions with China have just increased by another step. I mean, is that kind of because they don't, we don't have an effective communicator who can come out and make the country feel good. So this is the best they have. 
Well, that's the sad truth. Uh, if if the current White House spokesperson weren't so bad, Kirby would be one of the worst spokespersons we've ever had. And if either of them uh, were, weren't in place, we've got a president who doesn't seem able to communicate or a vice president that's able to communicate. And no one has really seen or heard anything from the Secretary of State or Secretary of Defense to kind of soothe anxieties or clarify what's going on. Uh, Kirby, I think somewhat offensively, appeals to his native anti-Trumpism by just saying, oh, well, these things happened before, but they were not detected by the previous administration and we detected them. Well, you mean the ones that you tracked all the way across the Pacific and Alaska and across the continent of the United States mm. and it was actually detected by Montanans? It wasn't detected by you. Yeah, it was a local reporter in Billings, Montana. And one of the explanations that I heard from DOD was that we have technology now that allows us to go back and look at any kind of radar anomalies to determine with new technology and 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 means that this is what this means. Now we can kind of go back and in the past and look and he fails to mention that. Is this to you? Is this a provocation from China or is this? Oh, my gosh, all our stuff got caught spying. Well, the first balloon very clearly was a provocation by China, in my estimation. These other objects, I guess, as they're called, I didn't see them. I don't know what they are. Uh, and and the government isn't really telling us very much useful information. Uh, in response, the Chinese are saying, but you Americans have been flowing, flying balloons over us for a long time. Well, that's news to me, and I find that hard to believe given how heavily surveilled China is. You'd think they would have popped a picture or a video of that kind of thing before. They might have made some propaganda value out of it. I really doubt their ability to avoid that temptation. So I think, unfortunately, we have an evil regime in China that's engaging in disinformation and what should be our government engaging in at least misinformation by not giving the whole truth. One of the things we're talking with Stephen Yates, and you can find him at Yates Comms on Twitter. One of the things that Kirby said, uh, which seemed to confirm what we were all we all have known, what probably what you've known for a long time, is that China does have, uh, with as an extension of their People's Liberation Army, they have this uh, program, their unmanned whatever surveillance program, which can include these balloons. Now, to that point, back in July of twenty one. Um, the war zone, which is a military analyst site, they were saying that there was a gigantic hangar spotted via satellite near it's in the Zhangjiang province. And it's large enough to fit uh, a, quote, Nimitz class supercarrier inside with 100 feet to spare on either side. It's it, ginormous. And it's apparently all for un- the, the testing, the, the creation and testing of unmanned spacecraft, including the lighter than air craft. So that does seem like that all fits, correct? Yeah, no, there's, I don't think there's actually any secret about their mastery of use of drones and surveillance and AI, all courtesy, by the way, of very lax Westerners who have allowed this technology to transfer, thinking they would get rich, but the Chinese just got more powerful and capable, that the Chinese look to go to space as a way of leapfrogging uh, above the natural power and capabilities of the United States that military that they probably will never be competitive with head to head. That's why they engage in indirect, unconventional warfare. And so taking to the skies to harass, surveil or otherwise is exactly what they would do. That form of air harassment is relatively cheap. 
They don't risk a lot of casualties of their own. Uh, and frankly, if we don't get serious about it, we sort of need a Star Wars 2.0 to take our airspace a little bit more seriously. And that's the thing. You never want to think that a geopolitical foe has greater capability than you do. China was very eager to paint itself as the victim after the first balloon uh, well, in South Carolina and saying that the United States just acted unreasonably and there was no reason we needed to be so hostile to their balloon. But correct me if I'm wrong, back in 2001, when there was a Navy surveillance plane, didn't they have a fighter, one of their fighter jets come out and basically, I mean, they crashed trying to take ours out of the sky? Yeah, that was literally the beginning of my work in the White House. That was on April Fool's Day, 2001. The pilot of that fighter jet on China's behalf was ironically named Wang Wei. Make your own joke to follow. Uh, he flew that fighter jet into a lumbering EP-3. They held our crew hostage for 10 days and then sent the U.S. Pentagon a bill for the damage done to their fighter jet, pain and suffering, and also the hospitality extended to our crew. So China is familiar with politicizing and gaming these kinds of things. So that sounds like we were pretty reasonable. We just took down a balloon, <laughs> apparently. <Exactly. laughs> That's well, and how were 1.4 billion people's feelings hurt by this balloon being taken down after that long, long journey? When I was a kid, when we went out to the playground to let a balloon loose, we would have been thrilled to know it made it halfway around the world. Right, right. With what are they looking for? I mean, if they so the the first balloon going over Montana and apparently from what I understand it was they could control the maneuverability of this thing, I suppose, remotely. But it was still it sounds like it was kind of a tough go with that. Were they actually surveilling? Do you think that they were just very blatantly surveilling our military sites thinking that they would never be detected? Oh, I 100% believe that. And why wouldn't they believe that? Uh, as I say, they've been flying drones. There are a lot of activists around the world that do the same thing. It's not just governments that do these kinds of things. Uh, and so I think when you have sensitive sites, you have to assume they're being surveilled. I don't. I would never, as a first assumption, say that a hostile power accidentally was uh, going by to peruse. We don't really get to know all the technology that was active on this thing because it got shot down. Uh, but <laughs> we used a Sidewinder missile on it. I mean, if we cared about it, I don't know, we couldn't have punctured it, let it have a slow leak and go get the thing. Yeah. But, uh, you know, no one asked me and maybe I don't know what I'm talking about on that. This is, uh, it's very interesting. I, I saw that ju uh, when Justin Trudeau had tweeted that he had authorized or had called out uh, the the activity with NORAD when we took out, I guess this was just over over the border. Uh, they had the third one over Huron and the one in Yukon. Um, that kind of surprised me that Justin Trudeau sort of, I don't want to give him any credit because I just greatly dislike him. And I also don't <laughs> think that this is going to be a pattern with him. I think this is just a one over. But at least they did sort of recognize the threat that this entity, and this is one of the three that they won't actually say what it is, that it posed. Does that, what does that tell you? Does that mean, I guess, that he's, I mean, as woke as he is, there still is at least a commitment with the United States against this apparently growing threat that is China? I'd like to believe that, uh, you know, there is also the political undercurrent where uh, I wonder if he would have helped if there was a president in the, in the, in the White House that he disliked. 
Uh, and so the fact that they are on the same woke wavelength, maybe uh, they were willing to work together to knock whatever this unidentified object was out of the sky. Uh, it was an established pattern that these things that went through Canada did not stay in Canada and wouldn't come to the U.S. And maybe he was sympathetic to have a low population area. Uh, the part that I am kind of fascinated by uh, in the entertainment side of this is how is this not some kind of a climate or ecosystem threat to have these things fall down in the protected areas of Canada or other parts of North America? Uh, and why did no one have any empathy for the Atlantic Ocean to take this first thing down in bits and pieces? Yeah. We're, we're sacrificing straws at Starbucks to save the, the, the oceans, but we're going to knock down some kind of a balloon satellite surveillance thing. That's probably so the equivalent of a lot of straws. There's <laughs> just a whole lot of crazy on all this. So I think take a little entertainment value of it. But the sad part of it is we don't know very much about what has happened. Our government is not helping us know very much about what has happened. No one can really have confidence that they know or that they will tell us. Does anyone really believe that these three or four objects are only they're only ones that are out there? Exactly. It just, feeds fuel to every conspiracy that was ever made. And I, there are so many, we're talking to our good friend Stephen Yates, there's so many inconsistencies because first they said they were afraid, when it went over the Aleutians, they were afraid to shoot it down uh, as it got near, Mon they could have shot it down over the Aleutians. They waited, I guess, to, for it to get to Montana and then go across the United States. At first they couldn't shoot it down because they were worried about debris, but I guess that doesn't apply with the other three. That is confusing. Um and then I wonder if the public had not found out by way of that reporter, the very lucky reporter in Billings that saw what he saw and took a photo and the story was born. I'm wondering if we had never found out about that first one, would these other three have ever been shot down? Because now you have uh, Britain's prime minister coming out saying, yes, we'll use RAF, to, uh, the Royal, the, our, our Air Force to go and shoot down any kind of spy balloons. And everybody else is kind of getting on board with it. But would that have ever happened had we not had this first broken by a reporter? I really doubt it. And that's actually one of the risks of the current approach. Uh, I mean, the, the regime media was ready and willing and able to defend the Biden administration deciding to just let the first balloon float with impunity. And they said it was all fine. The president himself said everyone was overreacting. It was not a big deal. But apparently someone in the White House disagreed. And now they're shooting everything down. Uh, and who knows, uh, at some point when you just start shooting things down everywhere, you're going to make a mistake. Uh, and so uh, I, I don't know why anyone would have comfort or confidence with any element about how this was handled. And we don't even know whether these other objects are from China. The first one obviously was. There's Chinese writing. They sort of told us. Mm. Uh, but the other ones, we don't even know it's from China. So the weakness of the first instance could be inviting lots of others to take adventure. I know they had said uh, previously that they had shot some or they were preparing to shoot down some balloons. The one they said they didn't make clear that it was from the United States. Separately, it seems that they were accusing the U.S. since Joe Biden was in office of floating balloons over there, which I don't believe because I think that they, he's too sycophantic with Xi Jinping to do that. But it's now it seems like they want to try to get in it in on it, too. Do you believe that that's just them trying to cover their backsides with us? I do, but I think we should take up the bet and send one million Winnie the Pooh-shaped balloons <laughs> over China just to get under the skin of their dear leader who hates anyone who compares him to Winnie the Pooh. So I think we should double down on that. I, I actually co-sign that. I think that would be nice. Yeah, just send that over and see how they react. Stephen Yates at Yates Comms on Twitter. Always so good to see you. Thank you so much for your expertise on this. We appreciate it.
Thank you, Dana. Take care. Of course you do. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. I also know uh, that Ben is making history. As you know, we believe here in the Biden-Harris White House that representation matters. He will be the first openly uh, gay uh, um, uh, communications director, which is very, very important. That's Why is that important? Guys, it's very important how you have the sex with your job, because apparently if you have the sex one way, well, I don't know. It doesn't that does not impact your job performance. Why does it's why does everything have to be historic? I mean, it's just so goofy. Ben Lepold is going to be the first openly gay communications instructor. And I after I grew up like in the 90s, I was a 90s coming of age in the 90s. That was the decade everyone was telling you to not care about this stuff. Now you're told to care about it and allow it to have I it just doesn't make sense I who cares it's very important that that's it's first openly gay communication instructor I, d- I don't know why we have to make these distinctions literally for how people have like sexual recreational times that's the most that just seems like the most arbitrary measure to use to denote things it's it's historical. She is literally the first redheaded uh, uh, communications director. Uh, it's historical redheaded. It to me, it's like as inconsequential. She is the first uh, communications director that has an undercut. It's historical. I mean, you could do that with everything. Everything is historical. Just it's just I don't know. I was thinking about this the other day when I first saw that video. And I was thinking of how it's like Guinness Book of World Records. Like they, it's like you're, we're just making stuff up now. He's the first person to touch this piece of grass right here. His, it's historical. It's a record. All right, that could be the today and stupidity. But what do you do? You, unless Steve, Hello. unless you found something differently. Uh, yeah, Donald Brazil is out here lying like this. So. I'm, I'm so glad <laughs> you brought up Kamala Harris because she is probably one of the most undefined human beings. She is incredible. She's standing in her own power. She has been mean? at every step helpful to this president and getting his agenda through the United how States even, Congress. How do you even say that to your teeth? Power? Yeah. How does one stand in their own power? What are these phrases? Like, she can't walk unaided? I don't know what that means. All right, folks. I'll be on Jesse Waters tonight in the 6 p.m. Central Hour. Sign up for the newsletter, chapter and verse at Substack. Have a great night. Back with you tomorrow.